What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Living Life Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Show podcast. Today's date is June 7th, 2019. With me today is Mr. Dereese Walker. Say hello to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fearless Show. Thank you, thank you. And with us is a reoccurring guest. Uh, please yeah. introduce yourself. It's Steven Silver. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Glad that That's you're great. back with us to chop it up about, you know, all the things that you love, television and movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Always good to have you on here. So, mm-hmm. like I said, we we're going to talk about our main topic, uh, TV series and what we consider some of the greatest TV series to have ever come out. And we're going to try to come up with a sort of consensus list. You know, from everything that we personally have, and then kind of, kind of come up with something like that for LF as a whole. We decided to do this, especially since Game of Thrones just ended. But before we get into all that, of course, mm. we're going to do our usual like housekeeping and everything. If you're liking these podcasts and you're enjoying them, and you know, we see a lot of your comments, please like and subscribe wherever you guys, you know, listen to us or watch us either on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, Apple Music, uh, our website, wherever. And, uh, if you like any of the gear that I rock in these videos, like the shirt that I'm wearing here or the shirt that Therese is wearing, you can also grab some from the official website. We have a lot of stuff coming out this summer. We are doing a 35% off sale all summer on everything in the store to kind of uh, thank you guys for, you know, helping us get record numbers for the past straight 10 months. So it's been mm. a pretty good run. So I'm going to keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your support, everyone. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. All the all. If it's your first time listening, you know we appreciate you. And if it's not your first time, we appreciate Welcome your back. you know continued support. All right. Yep. And before we get into our main topic, we are going to get into some news. And to start things off, I don't know how big of like gamers you guys are, but E three is right around the corner. Oh yeah. I'm not a big gamer anymore, but I've heard the buzz a little bit. I don't know too much, I, though. I'm not a gamer, but my kids are starting to get into it. We got them a PS4 last year, so uh, oh, I'm starting nice. to become aware of the gaming world in a way that I <laughs> I kind of I kind of sat on the sidelines of it for a very long time. I mean, I spent a lot of time... Uh, I covered consumer electronics for almost 10 years, and I uh-huh. was always writing about the business side of electronics, and I went to, like electronic shows where Sony would be there and Nintendo would be there, but I never really, I just never played the games myself. So it's kind of, it's kind of well, interesting to get back into that and see, you know, you know, I wouldn't have been aware of Fortnite if I didn't have kids who played it. So gaming culture is absolutely massive now. And I've, yeah. you know, I grew up, I grew up like a big time gamer. So I was always up on all the latest stuff and E3 and all that. So I'm bringing up E3 because specifically, uh, there's been rumors, and this was a news article on our website. Uh, if you want to see the full thing, you can go and head mm-hmm. over there and read it. But there was a there's some rumors that kind of hearsay going about that Netflix is possibly preparing to actually take the plunge into gaming itself. Yeah, I heard some things about that. I'm not exactly sure how it would work. Is it like a thing where you, if you're a Netflix subscriber, you get access to certain games? Is it a thing where is it Netflix just throwing money at creators like they do with everything else? Is that the is that the plan? Uh, I mean, they're definitely throwing. Money I don't know. Around. Well, if you think about it, like you can access Netflix on all the gaming platforms. So yeah, like 
I mean, it, I feel like that that could be something interesting for them to, you know, go into for sure. Well, since you estate. guys aren't uh, the biggest gamers, I will just inform you that there is a Google yeah. game system that is coming out. Uh, they just announced system. it this year called Google Stadia. And the big thing about that what? and why it's such a big deal is that they're betting big time on streaming games specifically. So there's like no console. You're just streaming everything mm. through their like servers on the back end. Mm. And this is why the rumor is that Netflix is also planning on doing that because they have a big, obviously, streaming platform and everything about them is streaming. So it only would make sense for them to also try to hop into that kind of gaming lane where they would add that, I'm sure, on, on top of their movie thing to, uh, you know, yeah. so you can stream directly to whatever kind of box and controller you have set up in your house. Right. Obviously, the big issue that is <coughs> internet and how strong your internet is because streaming games is a lot different than streaming a video or anything else. So it's very intensive. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not clear if that's going to be like successful, especially, I don't think, right away, but I think it's mm. inevitable that that's everything is just going to be streamed at some point. So, well, it's just Silicon Valley oh, taking sure. over everything. They're, they're, they're getting into everything they weren't in already. They're getting into, you know, they're getting into Hollywood. They're getting into, you know, uh, just all these businesses that they weren't in before. And they can do it because they have enough money and they can yep. invest in what they want to invest in. And that's just, uh, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. Google won't be good at this because there's a chance they will be, but uh, it's just, uh, it's, I am... it's like every year, all like Google, Apple, Amazon, they're all going into more and more sectors that they weren't in before. Oh yeah, yeah. they're they're picking out every industry. You know, it's like it's, I'm a little gonna be I'm a little skeptical. Google Car, it's gonna be Google. You know, everything. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical because Google does have a lot of failures also in their yeah. record. And not actually finishing things or like seeing things to completion, kind of. But yeah. I think this, if nothing else, it's going to push the actual game industry even further because there's like a real threat now where mm. anybody can basically buy mm -hmm. a controller without needing to set up a system as long as they have decent internet and play. Soldier boy. So I mean, <laughs> it was just interesting, and it's. Yeah. It's definitely going to change the landscape of things significantly, I think, in the way that Netflix completely changed movies. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, one, well, one thing, if, ne if Netflix ends up getting into me, one thing with Netflix is they have such a large footprint of subscribers that, you know, they can, they're, they, they're in those people's, you know, eyeballs already. already. That's what so I'm saying. So they're already they're logging just, in, they're already doing it, so they may... Hey, you already have Netflix. Yeah. You want the game part to pay a little bit more, and you have access to all these games, you know? For and real. I'm sure the games would probably make them way more money than the movies are. Hell yeah. yeah. Especially if they, like, bought some, like, other games or, like, got rights to, like, a new, like, release, you know? Like, like if, like, a new Assassin's Creed came out only through Netflix or some shit. Like, yeah. I think they need crazy. to do something because... Mm. I have a hard time seeing how they're going to continue at this pace. Oh, I mean, Disney's going to wipe them out unless they have, like, another they're thing. They're spending absurd amount of money. And, I, I mean, I'm sure you're making a lot of money off subscribers, but I think that's a finite kind of, you know, pull of money you're going to Well, who has a better business model? Because they have subscribers as well, and they're growing a lot of subscribers. But even paid subscribers who only pay, like, a partial like the lower payment still have paid commercials, so they have commercials that they're getting uh, yeah uh, profit from. 
that Netflix doesn't have in Netflix so does that's not do like that. That's what I have a hard time seeing where they're making money. Yeah, I, I signed know. up for Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was proving your point. Yeah. I didn't have Hulu for years. I just signed up for it because I, I got offered a deal where it was like twelve dollars for the whole year for the version with ads. And right. okay. it's like watching TV because you have ads. It's not like watching Netflix. Right. <laughs> but you know, you can watch I didn't watch Handmaid Still until now, and now I'm watching Handmaid Still. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the trade off yeah. of, of being able to have access to Yeah, no, there's <coughs> definitely. I've discovered I'll say I've watched a lot of Netflix and I've never had a single Netflix account, which is also a problem Netflix has. So That's true. I'm I mean, lo- I feel like they. <laughs> I'm logged in from like four X's ago, I think. So. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been a Netflix subscriber since around probably two, year 2000 when I signed up for the discs, and it was. Mm. Maybe I'm just a sucker that I've been paid for all this time, but uh, I mean, you really—it's really, it's really well, kind somebody of has to pay for it, for, so three, yeah. four other people can hop on. You know, that's how it <laughs> exactly. works. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the model works for them, and they make money. Well, I don't know how much money they make, but uh, I mean, they—they yeah, sure. don't really release that info, so I don't know. Well, I mean, they release uh, earnings. They don't release the numbers of who, yeah, yeah. how much people stream certain things. But uh, mm. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a it's a gift and a curse with Netflix because on the one hand, I mean they. They make a lot of stuff possible that wouldn't be possible otherwise. There's, they're throwing, there's dozens of documentaries every year that exist that because Netflix for sure TV that, shows that they're, they're right on your TV. They're at a film festival, and then the next week they're on your TV because of Netflix and stuff like Orson Welles' film that got finished and like Scorsese's mm-hmm. new movie that might not have gotten funding and Roma. I mean, there's there's all this stuff that mm-hmm. Netflix is you know making possible, and you can just the fact that you can just turn on your TV and there's a million things there. Yeah. It's great. But the, oh, the the curse of it is that there's very little there that's old. There's very little there that's from like before 1980, and there's a lot of just mm. film history that is just not not there. And they've tried to come up with models like there was Filmstruck, which is a streaming service that went out of business last year, which had all mm. old movies. And I admit I'm part of the problem because I didn't ever subscribe to Filmstruck. I probably should have, but uh, I mean yeah. that's happened a lot with streaming, streaming services. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's happened with uh, with a lot of streaming services that have gone out of business. It's, and it's like getting more right. and more fragment, fragmented. Yeah, and that's true. With Disney basically taking their own ball and building their own service, it's even more trouble for Netflix because they're yeah. losing that again. You know, well, I, I don't, are you going to keep paying a hundred million for Friends in the Office? You know, like what? Well, yeah, that, that's interesting. <laughs> and, that's, and I just filed the piece about Friends that you're going to see uh, uh, yeah. uh, that, that that touches on that. But uh, I think that. Uh, I don't know that Disney is going to kill Netflix with Disney Plus because I think people are. I think most people are probably going to pay for both. I don't think people yeah. are going to say, "Well, I'm going to Disney Plus is here now, so I don't mm. need Netflix anymore." I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. going to happen. It might hurt, you know, other streaming services like they're like. There's all these other ones coming. Like, there's going to be the Apple one. There's going to be the Warner the Warner yeah, Brothers one. Which yeah. there's like a bundle with the Warner Brothers one. Where Amazon like, where you get alone is struggling. And, and to Amazon even, you know, be relevant, you know. And they so, have actually good Amazon content. Prime has always struggled. They're trash. They actually have good content. They're not trash. I'm gonna be honest. Like, hey, Fleabag. I love. Shows. Oh no, they have a few good things. They just don't produce as quickly. Like Netflix, they can't keep up with the Netflix turnover. Yeah, but they well, can't. Because... They, they don't have. They can't compete with Netflix on sure volume, which not no. really anyone can do. But uh, do you guys know about Fleabag? The show Fleabag. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's interesting because like people I know who are like journalists and critics all are just obsessed with Fleabag. And I put it to like mm. my Facebook friends last week. I asked just like you know, 
People who aren't writers are, are, are yeah. you familiar with the nobody show? Nobody knows it. You know? And most of them have never heard of it. It's really interesting because it's like the yeah. problem with Amazon is nobody knows they have these shows, but they actually have good shows. Like Man in the High Castle is a great show, and what's the mm. marvelous Miss Maisel? That's another yeah, Mar- one. Well, that one kind of broke through. That 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 one yeah, I think, a little uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I heard one, about like, that I heard, one. I, that I, one actually I've heard of. <laughs> I interviewed Kevin Pollock a few months ago. He was an actor, the actor comedian who was on that show, and uh, I asked mm. him about. It. He's just like, this is like the. I've never been part of anything in my career that people have been so obsessed with. Like you said that yeah. he ever, and he thought, you know, it's, it's a very J- Jewish show. He thought Jewish people would like it. I mean, I'm Jewish and I relate to certain things, but he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, I, I went to like, um, what country was he talking about? He went to some country like in India, I think it was where, you know, they've never met a Jewish person and they love it. So it's, uh, <laughs> good show. So that that show in particular really broke through. And I think transparent did to a certain extent when that first started, but, uh, that, uh, mm. That, like, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, and I don't know the subscriber numbers. I assume Netflix has more than anyone else. And I, I imagine Disney Plus will will probably be successful just on the sheer volume of everything they have. It's, it's, it's strange, though, because Amazon Prime literally, I don't, I think I'm everybody I know pretty much has it. And it's like, they don't even know that they have that service on top of it, but they yeah. have Amazon yeah, Prime. Like, for you real. don't have to pay for it again. They're it's like, just, oh, I have Amazon Prime. I literally I had it because I had Amazon Prime because I wanted two day and two day and free shipping and then yeah. get all that on top of it, but people still don't even really know it's there. It's it's just weird. Yeah. So Well I think it's uh, I, it's, it, it's, gonna be- it's gonna end up being that there's seven or eight streaming services that you have to subscribe to to get all the stuff you want. And it's going to end up costing about what cable costs now. The same thing as cable. That, that, that's the way it's that's the way it's mm-hmm. going, and that's how everyone knows it's going to be. Hey, there's never, there's never going to be completely a la carte. There's never going to be you know <coughs> consumer friendly. That's just it's all going to it's going to be bundled, and that's just how it's I'm gonna not be. an advocate of pirating, but I'm just saying there are a lot yeah. of alternative <coughs> options to, to right. get everything yeah. you want, like you know, so. for sure. <laughs> Instead of subscribing to thirty things, we'll see. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, so we'll move on from that. There's another news article I saw that Barack and Michelle Obama are still out here making lucrative post-presidential deals, and they just ink the new deal with Spotify to do a podcast. Stop it. Yes. That's it, wait, is it, it that they're going to host it themselves or that they're going to uh, produce podcasts? Which I didn't see the story. I just... I just saw the headline. They are going to develop, produce, and lend their voices to select podcasts. Oh, well, wow. I, I'm all for that. I would listen to that for sure. I would, if Obama did a weekly podcast where he told a story every uh, an hour a week about his presidency, I'm all for, I'm all for that, and it would be hugely popular. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't know if and that's are- what it's going to be. I think. Uh, I mean, I've heard him interviewed on podcasts. He was interviewed by Mark Maron when he was still president, and I think he. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to give it Axelrod's podcast because Axelrod was his advisor, and that was really good too. I mean, he's a the greatest podcast between two ferns. Well, not oh podcast, yeah, but interview. Sorry, did that. The greatest <laughs> between two ferns is crazy. That's hilarious. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> greatest interview he's done. Um, so it doesn't really specifically say all the details of what they're doing, but yeah. this new deal on top with Spotify, which I'm sure is quite a lot of money, on top of the deal they just did with Netflix for TV and film kind of production, Thanks. it's like. It's being present can be quite lucrative after you're out of the office. And I think even with like with Trump in the office, I think it's even better for their wallet these days. Yeah. You know, well, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it's something that came up a little bit when Obama was president that he, he wasn't really 
he he didn't really ever make money until a couple years before he ran because he wrote a book that was successful. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of yeah. like he said he had student loans until a couple years before he uh, like became right president. And uh, I mean, if he wants to make some money now, that's that's great. I mean, that's I I'd rather he do it. I'd rather he make Netflix shows and Spotify things than you know go speak at Goldman Sachs for hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that I would feel kind of bad right. about. But, like, I mean, he's going to write a book. I think I read that his book is delayed till next year. But I'm going to read his book. And mm. his book's going to be super best-selling. I mean, and Michelle's that's... book was fucking gangbusters when it dropped. Like, yeah. everybody mm. was talking about it, so. That's true. Well, that was uh, there was a moment with um, uh, that I read about where uh, Obama came to one of the NBA Finals games. I think it was game one in Toronto. Yeah, game and, two. Uh, yeah. Game two. Game or it was two. game two, yeah. Well, so uh, there was a story that he... Uh, he went up to uh, a woman named Ramona, Sh- Ramona Shelburne, who's an NBA writer for ESPN.com. And he uh-huh. like went up to her and said something like, uh, hey, I really liked your article last week. And <laughs> I just really miss the feeling of knowing that we have a president who, like, when there's a 10,000-word t- article on ESPN.com about the Lakers' turmoil Magic Johnson, just knowing that yeah. the president read that article, that, that, that made... It made me feel good knowing we had a president like that. Flaws and all is easily the coolest president we've ever had. And yeah. like I said, with this whole Trump, you know, presidency, it's I think it's pushing people even more. It like makes them look even better because of what's going on with it. <laughs> They're like, holy shit. Like <laughs> yeah. we had jaw. Like <laughs> you know, people it's like only very, eight years. Uh, we gotta change that rule. Yeah. You gotta come back. Like <laughs> you're so young. We need you. <laughs> like <laughs> Trump was the best thing that happened to Obama, to be honest. Fam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. It's well, like, so just kind of the bar of, like, there were certain things Obama did that people called unpresidential, like when he wore a tan mm-hmm. suit that time, or when he, uh... Yeah, he did s- you got some, this guy. Like, he met yeah. one time with someone who was on a YouTube channel, and, like, they found some dumb video the YouTube channel person had done, and that was supposedly, like, beneath the dignity of the office, and it's just like that, that... That horse is so far out of the barn at this point that yeah. Like, oh yeah, Michelle you, you, might, you might as well not even a sleeveless dress on. Oh yeah, like when Michelle wore a sleeveless dress, <laughs> and now like we I got said, Melania Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, nothing. We're like, oh, okay, you guys were upset and up in arms about that. What, there what has been now? nothing <laughs> better for the you know post look at the Obama presidency than Trump presidency for sure. Yeah, you look at things very differently. <laughs> so there was this art article I don't know if you saw this Doris, but a man might have just found a genuine original Picasso painting at a thrift store huh. in the UK a guy he spent it. he was at a thrift sale and he liked the painting so much but he thought it was fake and he ended up spending around $293 for it but the more that they kind of looked at it and mm. examined it People mm. are starting to believe that it is an actual Picasso painting that can be worth <laughs> millions of dollars. Are the Picassos not all accounted yeah, for? I, I, I would have thought, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot. Of, this is not my wheelhouse. I don't know a lot about this, about fine art, but I know that I yeah. figured that there are people out there who can authenticate the stuff and who uh, you would think know that they uh, yeah, and be able to these tell people, the difference. And these are the people who are saying that they are starting to become of the belief that this is an actual Picasso work, original work. Hmm. So it could be worth as yeah, much mean, as 130 million or more. Well, cause Picasso has a foundation. This is a whole Picasso museum. There's like, there's yep. like two different, like I think there's one in Paris. agencies or like groups, like boards that 
work for Picasso still. So, like, they're going to figure this shit out because, yeah. <laughs> and if it's real, that's the come up of the year. Can you imagine <laughs> spending $300 on this <laughs> like a real Picasso? Are you kidding me? No, nah, dog. I would retire. Well, I wouldn't retire, but I would like. You I'd could sell it for at least a hundred like million dollars. That's insane. Yeah. Fam, if that's a lost Picasso, fam, be I'm not even gonna sure. sell that for probably like five years. I'm gonna like wait till they're like, oh yeah, the lost Picasso. He got the lost Picasso, and then put it out on on. Actually, there's a lot of like buzz. He could just put it out on Christie's or so- on um Sotheby's now and. Probably, probably catch a good 50, 50 mil, 75, just for the hype. It's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, because like, it's like basically, uh, if it's validated, a, yeah, a like, I mean, lost gem. So the story it, behind it is even more alluring, except depending, they might find some other story behind it. There might be, you know, some paperwork that goes back, you know, you know, like like seventy years that that shows where the shit was like purchased and like what happened to that family or some shit. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> it could uncover some dirt. You never know. That's why I'm like, know. that shit Ooh. makes me want to go to the thrift store though. I it, it does make me want to go to the thrift store right now for sure. Hell yeah, that's actually happened a lot. Like, remember that show, um, Antique Road or whatever yeah. it was. Antique like, Road yeah, show. where they, yeah. yeah. That shit is crazy, like, how sometimes people would just, like, be like, yeah, you know, this, this thing, I just wanted to find out how much it was worth, and then, mm-hmm. oh, well, this. I just <laughs> don't like collecting enough shit, I think, that I'd be able to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the the person who bought it had to be at least an art lover of yeah. to appreciate that it was, like, actually handmade. So he was like, oh, it was probably he, he thought it was a copy, he just thought it was, like, a, a painting copy or something, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to make a similar-looking Picasso, but, like, to an actual Picasso is different. So it wasn't like Thomas Kincaid where Picasso, like, uh, teach, he taught people to imitate him? Or it's not. Uh, nah, because it's, it's, it the problem with like Picasso's style was it, was it was just, like, uh, gestural. So it was, like, ah. it was just one motion. So, like, you couldn't really just, like, he just put his hand down and then moved and did this. And that was, like, the end. Like right. sometimes, like so, like to get it to copy, you you literally just have to practice the shapes that he was doing, uh-huh. and and just be confident enough to move your hand that way, right. and make the and make the actual strokes because it was really just about him being confident in what he's thinking about and just right. doing it with like you know a firm just thing. So that's the thing. If you see like little brush strokes with like smaller brushes and stuff, you can always tell the difference. Cause like certain artists don't use certain types of brushes. So like all those things factor in. Mm. Yeah. I would not know. Pigments, you know, like what, what was accessible. Sometimes new paint has different stuff in it mm. stuff like that. So they're going to test all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. She's, yeah. getting, she's going real deep. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're going to x-ray it. Like it's, gonna, it's like all this shit. This is going to be crazy. But for for that much money, fuck yeah, I do all you that. Just do shit. whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind. Take yeah, do what you need. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> so, I kind of talked about this with Reese, and you kind of mentioned last last night, I think, or yesterday, um, when they see us. Yes. So, oh. 
Yeah. When I told you I was going to watch it. I was going to finish it. But I told Therese that I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this, this show. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, w- I started like, like right. I didn't know that it came out the day it came out. But I just happened to go to Netflix and be like, oh, this show. I remember this was supposed to come out. Let me Let me watch it. And then we started watching it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is the 13th show. I was like, shit, yeah. this is about to get intense. And then it just got really good, because it was, like, so gripping. Oh, it was really yeah. good. And, like, but really well done. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. But then it was, like, too well done for me. I was like, oh, shit. This is, like, <laughs> this is, like, real life. Like, this isn't, like, like everyone's okay at the end, you know? Like, we, no. we kind of know what happens. Yeah. I mean, so it's like I don't know. It, it felt awkward, like watching people's lives when they're like outside still. You know, it's like very and tough. I don't even know if their lives are like have recouped yet. Yeah. So you mentioned thirteenth. Uh, funny fact about that movie: I am in it. You can see me oh, in what? in the. There's footage of me in this movie. It was. Uh, you might remember during the 2016 campaign, uh, Bill Clinton came to Philadelphia and he got in an argument with a protester. Yeah. And I happened to be standing oh, next to what? the protester, so you can. And I was on like all the network news shows that day because they're yeah, I hope you're getting royalties. I, I know I, 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 if I ever meet David DeBerry, I'll be sure to mention that to her. But uh, yeah, they're, they're like 45 minutes in the movie. There I am. There's my head uh, next to this one. That's I awesome. Am. And it was a really interesting story because it was like, that was like the only campaign thing that I, I was there as a reporter. It was like the only campaign thing during that whole election that I was, went to. And it happened to like make national news that this, uh, like I was there really early and this woman next to me, I kind of had a hunch she was planning something because she, she was carrying signs and she was sort of hiding and she kept making comments under her breath, like that she was going to confront Bill Clinton and she did. And mm-hmm. he completely took the bait and said what he should have said. So it was all, that was the whole thing. But, um, right. Sorry, I'm going to go watch it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm uh, specific I need a timestamp. Yeah. I'll, uh, it's, I remember I'll, I have the exact one written down somewhere. I can, I can pass it on to you. But, um, so yeah, what, um, uh, when they see us, I thought it was it was very well done. I really, um, I, I mean, I know the story because there was a. I mean, I remember I lived in New York for, I guess when they were exonerated, or maybe it was when they were going to be exonerated. But, uh, but like even when I was a kid, I remember the Central Park Jogger case, and I remember you know there was this case where you know this this woman was raped, and it was a whole. I remember a big mm. part of the story was that you know she they didn't reveal her name; she was just the Central Park Jogger, and right, and she testified in court, and the people were convicted, and then. It came out a while later. Oh yeah, they did do it. This other guy confessed, and they all went to jail for a really long time for something they didn't do. Fourteen years. So, um, and some of them Not got a, of them. some of them had gotten out of jail. Some, like their sentence yeah. was over. About and then, like seven years. Seven, yeah, yeah. A couple got out for six or seven. And then they ended up settling with I don't know. I think it was the city of New York. For, one year, one for, day is too much. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, one I mean, day, I mean, one year, like. It's a very hard thing to watch, even if it wasn't. It's very, but, very difficult. And I would to not watch. begrudge anyone saying that they weren't up to watching it. That's that's understandable. But it, like, it was a really. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it was a very well done film, filmmaking wise. No, uh, Ava DuVernay did. She did Selma, which is a film that I thought was fantastic. Like it was a. I know that song. I I think that movie doesn't get enough credit. Like I feel like that was kind of slept on. It was big, but it wasn't as right. big. Like. It didn't win any awards that year. Well, it got it got a couple. That was that was the whole big controversy at the time because it was it got a couple Oscar nominations, but not as many as it probably should have, and that was the whole. Mm -hmm. A lot of it had to do with the the strategy of it of the by the studio wasn't that great in terms of. uh, They didn't promote it. They put it out. 
they put it out. I mean, it was it was eligible for the Oscars, but the release date was in February because they wanted it to be, or in January because they wanted it to be MLK MLK weekend. So, but right. it ended up because because they put it out so late, not enough people saw it, and that part of that had to do with it. But uh, I mean, what I loved about Selma, in addition to just you know it, it told a great story about Martin Luther King, but it also it showed him as a his political skills. Mm-hmm. Like it showed him, you know, being a strategist, and that was, and the Harvey Milk movie right. was kind of similar. It did that, it did that as well. And and the other thing that was impressive about that movie was that they they didn't have the rights to use any of his speeches, so they yeah. basically had to write fake Martin Luther King speeches that sounded like real Martin Luther King speeches, and they did, uh-huh. which was pretty. Then that, that's that's probably a pretty hard thing to do, and they and they did that well. Now, oh yeah, for sure. Now that was great. And thirteenth, uh, aside from my being in it, I thought it was 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 well done too. Uh, her last movie was A Wrinkle mm-hmm. in Time, which just was not. It didn't work at all. Like that was just. That movie was weird. It was really weird, and it was. And, I watched and, and, it, and it's probably <laughs> what it, it's it's a children's. I remember reading that when I was a kid, the book, and I remember it's it's one of those things that's probably kind of unfilmable. Like it's not really, it it it's not really a story for cinema and she tried anyway and it just kind of right didn't really work and i i remember thinking at the time you know it's okay you can a lot of great directors have made a bad movie that flopped and that's all right and it doesn't mean that she's done and you know thankfully i mean this was a very um the Central park five movie was it was or i guess it's not a movie it's a a miniseries uh was very uh it's very uh very ambitious and a very Mm-hmm. It was a big swing, but I thought it was uh, it was good, and I haven't heard much negative about it. I think most people who watched it. Right. I mean, have it. it's been um, so well received. I would say that you know Linda Fairstein, who's oh, yeah. the main prosecutor in all this, prosecutor has, has uh, had her world kind of flipped upside down because of it. Like she's had to leave yeah. social media. She just got dropped by her publisher. She had to step down from her position on their uh, college board. Like, so I would say it's been pretty well received because people's outcry after seeing it has been pretty, pretty loud and pretty strong. And mm-hmm. generally, generally all on the same kind of side that this was a really fucked up uh, case and yeah. situation that should have never gone this way, you know? And right. Like I said, it's just, it's really good. It's just really hard to watch. Like I, I knew all the details before. I already knew kind of the case and everything. Mm-hmm. But watching yeah. it like this is like a whole different experience. Oh, yeah, watching know? it like in real time, like stuff happening like, is, is, is like, like heart wrenching. It's like really like heart wrenching. It's really close to home, so it's like really hard to watch. And yeah, the kid actors on there are uh, really good. Amazing. Like really good. And so I, great. I'll get. I'll probably get around to it. You know, eventually I have just, to finish it, right? I'll you have know? to finish like, it eventually. It's probably be piece by piece. I don't think I just watched it all. And and you know who was playing Linda Fairstein in the in it? It was Felicity Huffman. Nah. Who's that? Oh. Felicity Huffman from the college admission scandal, who's having an even worse month than uh, Linda Fairstein. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it might be the last know. thing she ever acts in. So enjoy your while you can. But uh, but I, I mean, look, know. I think I think Linda Linda Fairstein, she kind of. She's had 20 years. I mean, she kind of, I don't know if she became famous because of this case or just from being a prosecutor in New York. I'm, I'm sure there were other, I don't remember where this I first was heard a her big, name. a big, 
part of why she became so popular. But I mean, she had right. enough time. I mean, she had. She's had a twenty-year career as a best-selling author, maybe probably even more than twenty years. Like as a best-selling author, she's mm-hmm. probably gets speaking again. No, I mean, she's, she's had all that for all this time. Because of if she loses that now, I mean, she still has all that money, and she's still, you know, that's uh, yeah. She's like, all right, I don't feel too cool. bad for. Her. Yeah, forced retirement. Thanks, like yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah, it was thirty years, something like that. So it's yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's really good. Just really, really tough watch. I want to know what you guys out there listening and watching. If you've seen when they see us, what you guys think about it? Have you been able to finish it? Uh, yeah, just let us know in the comments where this goes. So we're going to get to our main topic. Greatest TV series of all time, um, especially since Game of Thrones just ended. Kind of really wanted to be really just thinking about where Game of Thrones would kind of rank among my favorite shows, series of all time. And here's the rules. Mm-hmm. We aren't doing like sitcoms and, you know, shows have to be more than two seasons at least and stuff like that. So those are like the main main rules. And other than that, we kind of each have our own opinions about certain shows. Yeah. And then we're going to kind of try to come together like some sort of consensus type of list. Top five, top <laughs> ten, not sure. So I guess I'll just start it off. So I think I can consensually say that we all agree that Breaking Bad is on the list. Yes. I don't know, man. The no, list of the top. Yeah, 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 yeah it's on the list. Right I, I put it in the top <laughs> ten. Yes. You, right? okay. Yeah, that's definitely in my list. <laughs> that is. Everybody who knows me knows that that is my favorite show of hand of all time, hands down. Like no question. It's, I don't think I need to explain to anybody why I feel the way or the history about it. It is Only those everything that, that it is hyped to be for me. No, yeah. Honestly, I don't see how, like, when I look at how shows, like, run, just like the the, the um, protagonists and, you know, the antagonists, if their characters are amazing, and then, like, uh, the biggest part is how it ends. How does the series end? That's the my my biggest thing. How does it end? And, and Breaking Bad and ended, it, and <laughs> and, and and well, perfectly. that was like yeah. that was like the smoothest. Like they wrote it like poetry. It was like it just fell together. Like I mean, well. yeah. I remember when it was still going. When it was the fifth season coming up, people were asking, "Is this really going to be the last season?" You know, the numbers are so high, it's so popular right now. You can extend it for at least three more seasons if you wanted to. Right. You know, they made a strong stance that no, they wanted to tell the story they wanted to tell and that they were going to end it when they wanted to yeah. end it. And I think yeah. taking that choice is obviously very hard to kind of cut off something that is such a big property like that, you know. But mm-hmm. in terms of the story and the integrity of the story, it was the perfect time to do it. Well, that's and also what Lost did, and so that's brilliant. also that's what Lost did, and that's what Game of Thrones did. And no one was not many people were happy with either of those. Uh, I mean, they gave themselves yeah. a specific end date, and they said, "Okay, this is what we're going to plan it towards." And one thing that was, if you've read much about uh, Breaking Bad and like interviews with the creator, was they didn't have the ending in mind all along. They didn't even have the ending in mind mm. with like a year left. Like they, they mm. I think, they, I mean, they kind of thought, "Okay, we're going to have Hank find out at the end of the second to last season." And but when they did the teaser, when you see that he has the machine gun in his car, and oh, it's, full spoilers for everybody yeah. on all these shows we're going to be talking about. I figure so. you probably. Know what, how, how Breaking Bad ends, yeah, it feels yeah. like. <laughs> but, uh, 
I mean, you so, had to have seen them. It doesn't matter. Forget spoilers. Like they yeah. go watch. Well, we just, after we I talk just got still gotta give the warning. Somebody's gonna complain. But yeah. full spoilers for everybody on all the shows we're gonna <laughs> right. be talking about. But what's interesting with all, all the, especially the anti-hero type shows, you know, the, the Breaking Bad, the Sopranos. I mean, they, you kind of, you kind if if mm. the heroes or the main character is a criminal, you kind of have to make a decision. Okay, is he gonna die? Is he gonna go to jail? Is he gonna completely get away with it? Is he gonna? Yeah. Or in the Sopranos case, mm. just no, no ending at all, or at least don't. They don't reveal exactly <laughs> what happens, but uh, I mean, Breaking we definitely don't talk about that one. Breaking Bad and another show, Sons of Anarchy, had pretty much the exact same ending, which was that the he dies, but not before getting revenge on all of his enemies and making sure his children mm-hmm. are taken care of financially and going out the exact way he wants to go. So yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, he went out on his own terms, and right. the guy who you kind of started out hating, Aaron Paul's character. Uh, became kind of the hero of the show they kind of flip-flopped you know their roles so it was mm-hmm. i just thought it was just really brilliant like writing and storytelling and the way they build yeah. on each and every episode for every season like everything oh, yeah. just when jesse was driving away at the end like, that was so like i almost wanted to cry when jesse got the away. hank the hank reveal like when hank was killed that was such a Oh you know, my god yeah. when yeah. hank was killed that was crazy and hank was a guy you kind of like like for me, he didn't want to. I die. never really. Well, I never. I liked Hank, but I never really liked Hank. He was kind of annoying, right. of a character. Yeah. But then once you like, once he started to kind of piece things together after he had like the shootout with the people, you kind of got to mm-hmm. see like the real side of him, and like, oh, this guy's like really like a genuine like good person, and like and once he started guy. figuring that out, and then like you really, that like made me really invested in him the way I was never really invested in before. And then right mm-hmm. when you get invested in him, he has to die. And, like, yeah. the whole thing with, you know, Walt, he's like, for somebody so smart, you're so stupid. Like, just it, the whole scene was just yeah. uh, incredible. Well, the, uh, the, yeah. the, the last episode of Breaking Bad was the night of my sister's wedding. So I ended up watching oh, wow. it. I ended up watching it on an iPad in a hotel room at, like, 1 in the morning. Because, <laughs> like, I think it occurred to me, like, a month or two ahead of, like, oh, crap. So now is that. Oh, that's can't funny. miss it, man. Shoot. It was it was that good. It was must see TV. Yeah, was like I was on this road trip in California for like two weeks. Like my other friend got married the week before, so I was like, all the fi- all the final Breaking Bad episodes, I was like watching in hotel rooms or whatever. So there was so one good. where I was. I remember I watched one mm. like when I was I was stuck in the Vegas. This is like the season before I was like stuck in the Vegas airport for a night, and I was like, yeah, I may as well watch Breaking Bad. So, so good. Yeah. So good. Um. Yeah, yeah I got you. I'll let you guys throw out. Show you guys what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna go with uh, oh, Twin. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go Twin Peaks. With Twin Peaks, yes. That is. Uh, Twin. Peaks. I loved. I loved the original Twin Peaks when I was a kid, and then they, 25 years later, brought it back for this uh, 18 episode, weird ass uncut David Lynch thing where it didn't entirely make sense plot wise. They brought up all these like little loose ends that they never had any intention to paint off but it was just the original Twin Peaks just took television to a level that it had never reached up to that point and never would again until stuff like Sopranos came along and then and I wrote a piece about this I think last year about how just like Twin Peaks has the greatest fandom of anything like there's this obsessive group of fans who have loved the show and have gotten Mm -hmm. into the show over the years as they've you know people have kind of come of age and gotten into it and discovered it and then, even though they had no mm. new content whatsoever for more than 20 years, except for, like, DVD releases or whatever, 
And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, there's a new show. And just fan theories are usually stupid, but the fan theories about Twin Peaks were all great. And like people had these like complicated yeah. explanations of what was going on. And <clears throat> I don't know if they were right or wrong, but it was all just like wonderful stuff. I'm conflicted because yeah. I recognize Twin Peaks as this really important show in kind of TV history. And I like the atmosphere and I love everything, you know, specifically like the atmosphere and the aesthetics and everything, like the visual stuff about that David Lynch style. Huh. But I didn't necessarily love the show itself as much, right. mm-hmm. especially the new kind of revival thing part of it. But I, I still it. like recognize how important it is. So for me, it would make the list just off of kind of how important, important. it is for the history of like TV and stuff. Yeah, it, it just I definitely got... feel that important aspect. Yeah, it definitely echoes for sure. I just never personally, I never caught onto it, so like I can't say for sure. But I, I, I definitely felt it. So I know it has to be good. Well, it was just so shocking that something that weird and something that like. That specifically odd sensibility just existed and was made and caught on and was you know popular. I mean, it was it, I, it was it, it, think... it, it, it had mainstream popularity for like three months when it started, and then mm. it was a cult thing from there on out. And I don't know what See, the I, ratings were for the Showtime one, but they probably mm. weren't very good. And so, but it was just a, it was a small cult of people that loved it, and that's just how it was for its entire existence. I think my opinion and perception of it was probably a little tainted because I was like watching X Files before. Oh yeah, I watched anything from Twin Peaks, so I was kind of expecting mm-hmm. something similar, <laughs> you know, like that. But it's it's its own holy thing, even though they have like kind of similarities and stuff. Mm. So I think mm-hmm. my perception of it was probably tainted by watching like X Files and all the shows that came after it, yeah. and watching you know Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah, but I like <clears throat> the weird type of content stuff so and it is really important for tv so for me it's on the list Mm -hmm. okay yeah i like that those are both solid um i'm gonna pick one that i mean i feel like dario agrees with me on this with the mad men gotta Mm -hmm. go with mad men mr don draper didn't like i was not a big fan of the show i'll be honest with you huh what no, that's crazy. I, I was I was hooked on that show. Like that. I when it was out originally, I wasn't that into it. But like I said on this podcast before, I like to watch things in full. <laughs> so like I literally <laughs> waited till the last season was coming out, just like just this like Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones And I watched yeah. all of it, and then caught up to when the Mad Men was coming out with the finale. So um, basically now granted, I, like, I never finished it. And I only caught random episodes. I never really sat down and watched, you know. Oh, my um, God. Continuity. You have to, Doug. That's like, that show, that show's great. Because, like, you get to see this development yeah, I watch- of, like, just, it's so interesting. Politics and camaraderie and just, like, family life and just, like, I don't know. It's so interesting. Just I'm just not in love with that time period. I think that's another reason why. Uh. Mm. Well, it was what 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 I liked about yeah. that show was it was uh, it got more '60s like like it, it it goes through the '60s and it just becomes more '60s ish as it goes on. 
first couple seasons, everyone's in right. suits. Everyone has, you know, the same haircut. Everybody's, you know, yeah. it's all just, you know, conformity like that. And then as it comes on, the hair gets longer, mm. the, sh- the beards get shaggier, and there's the clothes get more the colorful. The and... start to come out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then there's just more and more Vietnam references as it goes on. I mean, it was it was really, uh, mm-hmm. I've kind of always meant to, I, I, I watched it as, as it aired, and I watched it, I never really rewatched it. I just kind of, you know, watched the season once. I've kind of been meaning to go back through and uh, and watching that again. I remember a buddy of mine, like, I think as the final season was airing, my friend just decided to binge the entire series, and he's like, texting me questions i'm like uh he's like uh yeah that's sal guy he's gay right i'm like yeah he is <laughs> you're not you're not really you're supposed to know but they're not supposed to know and then that's uh and that's yeah uh, so uh right but that was the whole thing back then with like you know being out in yeah. the workplace and like he's in the art department you know like yeah. there's all these things about the show that are so nuanced that were like that i thought was great yeah. i just thought that the conversation in the show like, even though they didn't have the conversation, the I liked how they category did right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say there's two shows that I'm pretty sure we all agree on, and one is The Wire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't, again, I don't think we need to go super deep into this one. It's pretty well-known and Omar. Well, I think pieced to piece. You know, there's so many part, elements and parts of it that it just captures that whole time period and that whole like environment just so well. And the mm. characters are so like human and real that it's, it's, you know, you really start to relate to a lot of those people, even though they're living a crazy like lifestyle and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there are some slow parts, but season one for me is one of the best seasons of any show ever made. Season four is my favorite with the kids. That's that I think is the best that I've ever oh, got. Yeah. And I love all the seasons. They're all good. Oh, five is less good than the others. But uh, I, That's I, what mean, I was about the to new, say new... was season four was great and it dipped for a second and I was like confused. Yeah, five I was took a break. Uh, the whole newspaper thing was David Simon kind of wanting to score settle some scores with people he was in the newspaper industry with and <laughs> making some points about the way things were in the newspaper industry, you know. 25 years earlier that weren't really huh. in play as much uh, now, but I mean, I'll forgive that just because it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was I overall, mean, it was just, just that yeah. show that the dialogue was great. The acting was great. The characters are great. It really saw a lot of things coming in terms yeah. of like police in terms of, uh, you know, just the breakdown of American institutions. It really uh, had things to say about that at a time before that kind of became conventional wisdom. So. American inner cities, man. And yeah. Idris Elba basically oh, yeah. started his whole thing, and that's probably why I liked those first right. seasons so much because I thought he was so fucking good in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah, because he does not last American, very long. Like... Um, <laughs> The Sopranos is yeah. another one I think we all agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, for me, the it's basically started this whole wave upset. of TV series. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people. <laughs> Steven did a whole piece on it, it so you should read about that. You should definitely check out his piece he did on the whole. He kind of lightened my opinion about the ending a little bit, but I still still don't like the ending. Mm. Well, if you didn't read my piece, I basically think that, like, I'm not defending the ending necessarily, but I do think that uh, 
we're supposed to not know. And if they wanted us to think that he mm-hmm. died or didn't die, they would have conveyed that he died or didn't die. I think the idea is supposed to be that he... That's what I was saying. Yeah, the idea, I the, get what they wanted, but as a viewer and as a fan who's been invested in it for so many seasons, you want to know what the fuck <laughs> is, is happening. Like, you don't want that. But why did that. they convey it? Convey some shit. And then, then let me just think that way. Like, give me a direction. I had no direction. I don't like ending something with no direction. Like, for me, like, it's kind of like Inception. I don't know if you've seen Inception. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen Inception. With the ending, it's spinning, and it kind of leaves the oh. door open where it's ambiguous, but at the same time, you oh, yeah. kind of wobble a little bit, so it does give you kind of a definitive answer, but then people are still kind of not entirely sure about it. For me, yeah. that is There's the way you would do an ambiguous ending. Like, it gives you that kind of, you're not entirely sure, but it does imply something. Yeah. Some sort of ending that you can mm-hmm. walk away kind of satisfied, where this one is literally just a straight fade to black. And it's just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, like, you know, did my cable? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait. Yeah, that, that book. Oh, the, the, the book over? I was like, oh. The book that came out earlier this year, The Soprano Sessions by uh, Alan Semple and Matt Zoller Seitz, they, they just go on for pages and pages arguing about the ending, and then they interview David Chase about the ending, and they they have, like, interviews with David Chase about every chapter. They have long essays about... Uh, every, like, I highly recommend this book if you uh, if you hear about The Sopranos mm. a little bit. So. Huh? so, regardless of the ending, the rest of the show is... Yeah. It's, it's the Sopranos. I mean, it's oh yeah, 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 yeah. So regardless of our gripes, this all kind of series run, like all these series, I think, kind of are a byproduct almost of like the Sopranos and what mm. HBO did. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. I feel like you... Sopranos yeah. started just like you know developed television series, yeah. like where, series where people TV. were like. Yeah, series. Yeah, ser- yeah, exactly. Like not just like uh, sitcoms and uh, you know, kitschy family shows. Great. Well, I mean, it's. I think. Good. No, go ahead. I got you. Go ahead. I, no, no, finish. Well, I think it. It's just. It's funny how much everyone looks back on The Sopranos now, like it was the most brilliant thing ever, and it was one of the best best shows in TV history, I believe. But like. People always complain while it was on. People yeah. always complain that not enough people were getting whacked, or that episode was boring, or that was too weird. You know, that whole episode mm-hmm. had a dream sequence, and that sucks. You know, why, why don't we get back to the mob stuff where he? I just want to see Tony Soprano shoot people, and that's what the show's about. That, that, that's never what the show's about. It was always about him and his mother, and him right. and his wife, and you know, his depression, and you know, the stuff he talks about with the psychiatrist. I mean, that's yeah. People were always remembering a show that didn't actually exist, that they, yeah. you know. It's not a mob show. Right. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. And it really holds up well. If you go back, if you watch it now, it's like, you know, it's it doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel, you know, the dialogue still as great as it was. And it's, it's one of those shows and Billions mm. is a show that's on now, which is kind of the same thing. Where, like, I'll watch a scene and I'll be so taken with the dialogue that I'll rewind it and watch the scene again. You know, there'll be scenes with like Tony and Uncle Junior talking to each other, but just like, wow, just like the back and forth there was great. I'm gonna watch that again. So. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it deserves all the praise it's gotten. 
for sure. Yep. It's the OG. So it's on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, one, my last one I would say is, well, before Les Mouse is, I, I, I think we're all consensus that Game, Game of Thrones, despite its troubles at the end, is still one of the greatest shows of all time. How about greatest of all time? I think gr- uh, greatest of the present day, I would say. I mean, I'm not going to... And and I wasn't as down on it as a lot of people. I thought you know there were certain things about the last season that I disagreed with, but <laughs> I mean, and it had great, it had a lot of great moments, and it had mm. it was an achievement. It was absolutely it was like there's been nothing in television history on that scale before in terms of I think in terms of specifically mm. fantasy yeah type of television and scale and yeah I don't. I mean, it's basically almost movie. It was almost movie quality at that point. It was like and when Avatar came out. Like, like it there changed were legit the game. Some of my favorite moments in TV history to have ever happen on that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, there's just stuff they did that, like, you just, I spent in a television series, in a series, a TV series, not a movie. Like, that's what's crazy. Yeah. It's like, there's movies that don't, get like pull off some of that stuff but i mean it wasn't quite as in terms of budget in terms of scale it wasn't quite at this level in the first season i mean it's still a very expensive show but like i think they kind of had to once they knew it was a hit and once they knew that it was a smash that they they, it was such a cash coach for hbo they they kind of i think the the the, the big battle and i think the the blackwater one is because they ended the second season they shot it at Mm -hmm. night and they had a lot of stuff happen off screen because even in the first season, there's whole battles that are off screen. Yeah, like right. Some of the stuff with Rob Stark when they're fighting, you know, like a lot of that stuff was off screen because they didn't, you know. All, all, they, pretty much all of Rob Stark stuff was off screen. Yeah. You just hear about him like doing, yeah. oh, he won right. here, or he took this. Exactly, you never yeah. actually see it. So, I mean, later on in the mm-hmm. series, they had a bigger budget to work with, especially in the last season where they were just like that episode with the White Walkers, which I thought they should have made it so you could actually see what the hell's going on. <laughs> they, uh, mm-hmm. that, that probably cost more than a lot of most movies this year. Whatever. I don't know. Battle of the Bastards is one of the greatest fights, worst battle sequences I've ever seen. Yeah. That reminded, that gave me like Braveheart vibes. Like it was just so good. Like I was just like, oh, this battle yeah. is crazy. That was lit. So, okay. So Steven's a, a maybe. I'll put in the maybe uh-huh. since you know, Steve is not consensus greatest oh, list. Oh, oh. Well, the other thing is, like, all these other shows have been mm. off the air for years, and we kind of, their legacy is kind of secure. Give it a little time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones, it's only been a couple weeks. So. I have a hard time seeing Game of Thrones not kind of having that type of legacy, though. I it's mean, one of those first of its kind of, of kind, really. Right. I suppose. So, uh, which, yeah. which brings me to Walking Dead, which I was going to put on here, but... I think it's just kind of gone completely off the rails, and it was kind of first of its kind too. I just don't think it's going to have that same. This versus kind of rem- remembrance that Game of Thrones has. Yeah, I bailed on that several years ago, and I, yeah. I, I, I don't. Uh, I've heard occasionally that it's gotten better. I don't even not. know what season they're on. <laughs> I'm just waiting until the ends, and then I'll just catch back up and finish it all at once. But it definitely lost its. Way oh, you're gonna try my approach? Yeah, I just <laughs> lost interest. I just didn't think it was. Nah, you ain't a real so. fan. You ain't a, you ain't a real Walking Dead fan. You ain't keeping up. Well, at this <laughs> at this point, I bet if I put turn it on, it's like <laughs> none none of the people around it who were on it last time watched it. So I I won't know what the hell's going on. I mean, I'm sure 
I'm sure it's the way it always was when, like, yeah. they think they have peace for part of an episode, and then the zombies attack them, and then they fight the zombies. It's just that over and over again, right? I mean, what what, right. a, what yeah. else happens besides that? I mean, it's the case of not having a ending in mind and not having a clear kind of point story-wise to go through. Well, that's you know? kind of how I feel it's becoming too about sitcom-y. one other show that I have What's in that? mind. Which is? Uh, Lost. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on my list. What do you think about Lost? It made my list. Huh? It made my list because... Oh, it did? I don't okay. know if you remember. We, we were in high school with Reese at the time when Lost was really oh, big. Wow. And it was yeah. like... Yeah. It was... It was like a phenomenon at the time. Like, hey, kids in school... Literally <laughs> yeah, for real. Talking about Lost and the theories about Lost and literally just having... That was like the only show we watched with our parents. ...conversations about it. Like... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah. up until the again, what do you think that land. sound in the woods is like? What do you, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't really land, you know, the ending and stuff, but I think as a series, it was still right up there for me. So, I for, like, for that's years, when, I, oh, good. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, kind of like the like hype of like Game of Thrones, that's how I felt at yeah. the time when Lost was out, like, yes. kind of just like, yes. oh, shit, like this. I was like, well, I show. have to watch it because everybody's fucking talking about it all the goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. Well, for years, so, I didn't yeah. watch it, and I, everyone I worked with just talked about it nonstop. And then I think I mm-hmm. caught up on it, like, before the final season, just in time for like everyone to yeah. turn against the show, like, uh, like, you know, this, is, <laughs> this isn't, you know. After years and years of talking about how great it was, yeah, I'm finally watching it in real time. Everyone's like, "Oh, that sucked." What the hell is that about? So, yeah, so you're not a fan. Yeah. yeah, so no, I mean, Lost didn't. I mean, I never really. Yeah, it was kind of. I know. I admit that was kind of a weird way to experience the show, but uh, yeah. So it never really. I never really had saw that show mm. in the pantheon the way the others the others were. But uh, but the hype was real. Yes. Um, another show I would suggest is Justified. Did you guys ever watch that? I did. I, oh, with, that's on my uh, list. Is Raylan? He's the Raylan Givens, yeah. Marshall? Yes. He's the U.S. Marshal. So it's him and uh, Walton yeah. Goggins, who's a criminal. And they're kind of... Walton Goggins is phenomenal in that show. Yeah, he was so good at it. He was so funny. It was so The dialogue was so good. It was like... I mean, it was in Kentucky. It's like in the middle of Appalachia. It's in this town. And it's like... like five seasons, I think? Five seasons. Or, or six seasons. Six seasons. And like the... Mm. And this was also one where the the second to last season was really bad. Like Michael Rappaport played yes. the villain, and he had a southern accent, and it was really terrible. It Was not good. But then the last season was great, oh, and, it, and it just it just it had great guest stars. It had great like Michael Rappaport with the southern. Yes. it did a lot. Of, Michael it, Rappaport played in Kentucky. Yeah, or, you know, or I think yeah. Florida. Yes. Imagine that. that. Gross. <laughs> it was gross. It's like the first season had a bunch of like piece of the week episodes, which I thought were great, and then yeah. they never really did that after that. And more, it was just more like. Uh, season-long arcs, which were all good, but, uh, you know, Just it was, it was and they used a lot of actors who, was, who were on Deadwood. I don't know if you guys watch, guys watch Deadwood, either the movie or the, the original show. Uh, I've seen a few. I don't no, know. I, I keep hearing about it, though. My, my, one of my coworkers is, like, raves about Deadwood. Yeah, well, they just had the movie, which they were going to do, like, back when the show first went up there, but they, uh, and the movie I thought was really well done. I mean, I don't know. Deadwood's another one of those shows, kind of like Fleabag, or I guess kind of like Justified, where like I don't really, I don't know many people that watch it. It's just like a no. show that I right. hear about because TV critics like it and, and recommend it, and then I watch it, and I'm just like, well, this That's is a good an show. HBO show. And right? then no, uh, Justified was FX. Yeah, Deadwood was HBO. Uh, Deadwood was HBO, and it was on. Yeah, and then they okay. just uh, and the movie was on. For me, Justified is on my list. Uh, I know 
that's already on my list, so I don't know. And that's well, another one I've been meaning to go back and watch all of because it was just so it was so uh, enjoyable. And there was uh, Elmore Leonard, who was a famous novelist who uh, he wrote a lot of books that were made into movies, like Get Shorty was him, Out of Sight was him, and Justified was based oh, on like a uh, a short story of his. And he didn't really have, mm-hmm. I don't think he ever wrote for the, like, I don't think he had anything to do with the show directly, but it was like, it was definitely in the spirit of his work, just like the way the characters talked and the dialogue and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, that was, that, right. that's a show that I was just one of my favorites ever. So I really, I really loved Ooh, Steven, since I got you on the line, I yes. want to ask you about Hannibal. How do you feel? I about I've, Han- I've never watched it. I never watched Hannibal. I just, the television series? No, I. I mean, I know, oh, I know Silence of the Lambs, but I tried. I, I never watched. I, I I've, heard, I've heard good things about it. It's just uh, no, never watched Animal. I gave it three episodes to Reese. Damn. You did? You actually watched three? You couldn't get three. into it. Couldn't get into it. Everybody says it's great. Wow. It's just I know it's but not even good weird. It's just weird. I know it's super gory and and really uh you know creepy and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, it's a little over the top. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's over the top it because they're like giving the backstory. The, the first season it does not feel like Signs of Lambs. That's because that's not what it is. That's not it's called Hannibal. You got it. I know, but the whole story. So is if about I, I want, detective. I want it similar to Signs of Lambs. Like I don't want something. Well, let me tell you. Like I want a TV fan similar. I know, feel but this of, is the problem. <laughs> yeah, but let me don't give call you the Hannibal, problem. Call the problem is like. All right. The problem is that you already knew about Hannibal, so you wanted to see. So Hannibal don't give me Hannibal. Don't shit call it Hannibal and then give me something that's not Hannibal. That's all I'm saying. Fam. All right. Do you agree with me? I guess, but like we're gonna act like we just said like we these other like shows Lambs, don't start out that crazy. Suspense thriller movies ever made just didn't happen. Is in terms of writing and shit, that shit is cold blooded. That shit is like. I feel like there's a whole lot of shit. Like, if you actually yeah. watch the series, like, it's literally season two and season three are the movie shit. Like, the Red Dragon and the whole, uh, like, it's just crazy to see a movie like Hannibal spread out into, like, 10 or 12 episodes and, like, actually dove into like it was a the problem no what i'm saying is the first the first half of the first season is to show you how hannibal's existing in the world by not being the focus of the story <laughs> thumbs the down i guess hannibal. but like, like don't call it hannibal that's all i'm saying yeah he's manipulating the main character he's the doctor it's, it's about him but what, what i'm saying is just you like, gotta yeah. understand huh. i guess fam Game of Thrones, in terms of writing and how the first season and the last season ended, I could I could put Hannibal as a show up against the first season and the last season of Game of Thrones. No, last season, we've already talked about it. Last season, Game of Thrones was handled extremely poorly. The pacing was absolutely trash. But that doesn't make me a fan of Hannibal. I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't, doesn't work well, What about way. the production value of the first season of Game of Thrones? Bro, that I, shit... I, look, I hear you on Hannibal. Maybe one day I'll actually give it a chance. But right now, after three saying. episodes, I could not get into it. I, did you guys watch? Did you guys ever watch The Shield? I've seen a few. It's really good. It's, it's, I've seen a few. It's, like, uh, it's kind of like a revisionist cop show where it's... Yeah. They don't even try to act like he's a good guy. It's just, or at least the team of them, that they're just like these, yeah. you know, completely amoral, criminal, corrupt cops. 
And uh, yeah. at the end of the very first episode of the series, they kill one of the other cops. And that just kind of is a oh. shadow over the entire series, which I think was six seasons, maybe even seven. And oh, nice. uh, I thought it was a interesting. That was FX, right? FX, yeah. Yeah. That was the I first big FX original series, I think. Fully grabbed me. Yeah. Actually, but I thought it was interesting. Rescue Me was. Was Rescue Me before that? Yeah. Was it? I guess. Because I was watching be, Rescue yeah. Me already. Oh, yeah, you and then I remember Shield being rolled out. I don't think Nip Talk was before and that, that's... too, right? Yeah, Nip Talk was way before oh, that. Okay, yeah, I guess I remember that. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nip Tuck? Ho, 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 ho. Okay, so, I mean, one, I'm sure you guys maybe not huge fans, but I, I have Sex in the City on the list. Yeah. It was an important what? show, for sure. I do, because as a kid... You know, my mother and stepmother were huge fans of the show, so I would end up actually watching the show. And I'd be yeah. lying if I said I did not actually get into the start getting into the show a little bit. I'd never actually finished the entire series, but I can see why it was so big for what it was. Well, I lived in, I lived in New York during the heyday of that show at a time when all of the women I knew watched that show and were obsessed with that show and wanted to live their lives mm. in accordance with that show. So right. that kind of, and oh, I yeah. wa- and I watched it of course and it, and I just I I remember I would run into them filming it when I lived in New York I would you know any any restaurant or or shop that got mentioned on the show would mob the next day that was just you know it was a very interesting moment with that show and yeah. and it was a very it was a groundbreaking show it was about you know women wanting to have sex and yeah. talking about sex and it was yeah. it was. It's very influential. There's no Broad City without Sex City. Massively there's, there's no... Uh, all these other shows would not have existed if not Sex City. So. so I think I'd be remiss if it yeah. did not make the list. Right. I mean, so, if, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm making my own list, okay. I'm going to mention stuff like Seinfeld and Cheers. And I, and I know those are both mega popular shows, but those were just two extremely mm. important shows to me when I was young. I know... Seinfeld, yeah. I watched. I, I was obsessed with Seinfeld when it was first on, and I was like probably in eighth or ninth grade when Seinfeld was first popular. And we just wanted to kind of disqualify those type of shows. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. we're not doing get into right a real deep rabbit hole. Okay, because Martin would be near the top of my Martin, list, okay. along with like uh, <laughs> for Prince real and That'd all be that. Number and, one. You know, Chappelle show, and oh, so yeah. you know yeah. it could be never ending if we go to just straight TV shows. But like in terms of like actual like story arc driven series, right, right, it's kind of what we kind of tried to limit to because that's a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> we start talking about like Seinfeld and you know Martin and all that. Let me tell you something. Martin Lawrence had a movie role this year in the movie The Beach Bum, which I think I wrote about for your site, right? It was you did, kind of yeah. Oh. He. Uh, Martin Lawrence plays his buddy, and he's in this movie for like ten minutes, and he's hilarious. I would. Martin, he's hmm. one of my favorite, yes, actors, especially '90s actors ever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go a little weird, a little deep cut here. Uh, on my list was two shows, two animated shows. Mm. One was Samurai Jack, and another was Death Note. Mm. I don't know those. Mm. I know them, but I don't. I don't. I, I, Samurai Jack. I, I thought I was gonna hate, and it turned out to be so epic. <laughs> like I was like, I was taken back by Samurai Jack. So, because I thought okay. it sounded like like Samurai Jack sounds like a joke. 
So I'll try to like, explain oh. this to Steven. So uh-huh. it's like came out. I don't know when it came out. Recently, like early two thousands. It came out after Dragon Ball Z was over, so it was like early two thousands. So it came out early two thousands, and this this sort of it's made by this Japanese famous Japanese animator oh, no, creator, really and something. um, so it, it's it was on Cartoon Network, but it mm-hmm. was not a Cartoon Network show. It mm-hmm. was it had a clear like adult story arc and themes from literally from front to end, and like it was mm-hmm. almost and the art style and the way it was animated was like super groundbreaking and unique and it was just unlike anything that had ever really been made and even since then like in terms of like animated stuff mm-hmm. and even though it was our cartoon network it was definitely a very like mm-hmm. adult oriented type of show before there were all these cartoon animated shows mm-hmm. geared towards adults like so much so that it got revived I don't know two years ago mm-hmm. because it never actually got to finish its arc then after, I don't know, maybe 10, mm-hmm. 15, 12 years, so many fans wanted it to be finished that Adult Swim actually brought it back with the creator for the final yeah. season to end it on like and the And that was a note. big deal. And that season was phenomenal. So mm. for me, Samurai Jack is one of the greatest yeah. unsung, like underrated series ever made, even though it's animated. Right. Wow. And Death Note is an anime. That's interesting. I wasn't even which, thinking in that territory. Yeah, and Death Note is an anime <laughs> that uh, spawned a couple more movies on Netflix too, I guess. But it's just one of the Yeah, I don't remember Death Note. I know I watched it, I just don't remember. Off the top of my head. I remember it being a movie last year, but I didn't know I didn't know the whole backstory. The movie, obviously, is not <laughs> even close to the original source material like they ever are. But the actual show is really fucking good. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the See, the last one animated. Okay. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> well, the the last one on my list that I haven't mentioned is the leftovers. Did you guys watch that one? I watched, let's no. say, the first season and a half. I thought. Well, you didn't see the good part. Then. It was. Exactly. I was like, ah, I can't keep doing this to myself. Well, the entire <laughs> show was really bleak, but like the first show, it didn't really get into the brilliance until like the second season and the third season was just off the charts. And I mean, it stayed bleak all along. And I can yeah. clearly understand why it wasn't a, um, why it, it wasn't you know hugely popular. And through. again, it's another show where very few people I know actually watch it. But, uh, that's another one that was uh, created by well, Damon Lindelof, who, <laughs> who, uh, who created Lost. And he, like, I remember everyone. That's I, why he, I watched I remember it. he was really upset that like I watched it. How, I, oh, dope. He was really hurt by how much everyone hated the ending of Lost. So I think he was really determined to stick the landing <laughs> on uh, leftovers, and I think he did because. Uh, and then the funny thing was that. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, ideas animated by the leftovers, which is that you know what happens if a certain percentage of the world disappears uh, all of a sudden one day, ended up being taken up by Avengers Endgame and Avengers uh, uh, Infinity War. Oh, I thought it was a really which really, which really interesting premise, yeah. and I loved that it was from the guy who created Lost. But after I watched season one, I was like, I've literally feel like I've gone nowhere in the story right. or anything mm. like i don't know anything and yeah i did not enjoy that I part of you. At all. well one thing about like that show how much 
one thing about that show that people just couldn't get past, I don't think, was that it never revealed why everyone disappeared. And it kind of was clear all along that it wasn't going to. That was just yeah, part of the, the mystery. Yeah, the first season, that was pretty sore. I was like, I don't think he's even going to, <laughs> to give us this. Like, like, they, like they just, you know? they, 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 <laughs> they, I think they came around and said, you know, this is not what the show's about. It's not about figuring out why they disappeared. It's about the fact that it happened and this is all and the don't world give is. me such a compelling mystery. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. you're not going to tell me that they're making something like a little, a little easier to be like, oh, who cares, you know? But, but, but then, uh, but then the same thing happens in an Avengers movie and, you know, exponentially more people see it and engage with the same idea. So mm. there you go. <laughs> then you also have uh, the God of Thunder and yeah. a guy who can destroy half the universe fighting. So it's a little, you know, a little different, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, yeah. It's a really, I love the premise. I just felt a little duped because, oh, it's from the creator of Lost. Oh, here's this really interesting premise and hook to get you to watch it. And then once you get there, it's not even about those things aren't, have nothing to really do with the show. Yeah. And I get, yeah. you have to get people to watch it. But then I said after season half, I was like, I kind of just, just dropped off and like yeah. started watching this stuff. Yeah. Well, there's so uh, lastly, I just want to mention two shows, mm-hmm. and they're both by the same creator, but they both made an epic impact. First one, Weeds. Ah, that was on my list. Such a good fucking no, show. Weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, where? I didn't. I, I watched. I think I, I didn't have Showtime. Damn, I was gonna say like. Oh no! Go ahead. I got a little lag, so sorry. I, I I didn't have Showtime all the time, so I think I had it some seasons and not others. So I watched some of the show, but not not anywhere mm. close to all of it. So I uh, I watched all five. It's five, right? Something like that. Yeah. Good fucking show. Damn, I was I couldn't. Yeah, no, that show got me into like online watching TV shows. Really, probably. I think that show like was kind of the transition for me. It's like a dark kind of humor. But she's like, I don't. It's it's funny as fuck, and it's really good. Well, I remember when Breaking Bad yeah, started. All these people were like, "Oh, it's about a guy who has to sell drugs." It sounds like weeds, huh? Weeds, and I'm like, yes. Uh, not really. No, very component. different. <laughs> yeah. But weeds for sure is mm. on my list. Yeah. And then the other show was uh, Orange Is the New Black. Ah. <laughs> I like that show, but I'm a couple years behind on it. I haven't watched it in. I think the third season was less on right. Watched, so. Uh, I, uh, mm-hmm. I I hope to catch up. I think the last season is soon, right? Or is it already over? Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, I maybe it's too premature episode. for them. But I know they both had huge impact. I mean, like Orange is the New Black is a thing. You know, <laughs> just saying it is a thing. What? Not one episode. That's not crazy. a not a single know. episode. Well, that's not Orange is the New Black. Like, Piper's the least interesting character. I'm confused. Huh? I lost you there. Facts. That was painting. That was painful to hear uh, Piper. I mean, watch her the whole time, honestly. Like, I was glad that there were other characters. <laughs> I know it's based on her book, but still, like, I didn't think... Uh, I never found her all that interesting. and I didn't find her stories very compelling either. Especially when Jason Biggs is involved. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that whole scenario, like, they just stopped doing that. That first season. Yeah. Even though it was cool, that that was, like, the worst part of the storyline, yeah. I think. 
but they that was her storyline to get into jail, so I kind of got it. Yeah, yeah. To make her look like a, you know, but whatever. Right. It it started to get crazy good. Honestly, though, I guess I couldn't put it on the list because in terms of prison shows, Oz would have to oh, come yeah. before that easily. Oz was uh. Like I, Oz would have to be before that. It got a bit silly at the end, but uh, it was uh, yeah. When when that show was on, it was on for sure. So that was that was some good stuff. Yeah, if you think about it, Oz is legendary. Yeah, like it's it's a weird show, but it's it's like one of the greatest shows of all time. I feel like it hasn't its legacy hasn't really carried on that well though. It's still on the like, HBO. Really... Is it on the HBO streaming channel still? I think it is, right? Maybe, yeah. but I just don't. You know, people don't really look back and talk about Oz in the same way to talk about like Sopranos and other stuff. Yeah. That's even because time, it was like worse. Like it was, well, it was even like, though at the just... time people talk, I mean, eh, I just don't see things like he carried on as well as other shows of its ilk. Mm. It is still on HBO Go. I just looked. So if you haven't seen Oz, it's, it's mm. there. So. They're still checking for it. Yeah. Get ready for some, very intense prison scenes. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some like almost American Me type prison scenes. So yeah, and don't watch that movie. Don't if watch you haven't seen it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um. So I mean, in terms of shows, that I think have for sure should be on my list. On list, I already kind of said them. I had a bunch of other runner-ups that. Are good, but I don't think that should make it like House of Cards, Daredevil, um, mm. Black Sales, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, have you guys seen Black Sales? No, not a lot of people have seen. That I show. haven't. I've heard about the. Hi- I don't know anything about it. Oh, really. I don't. It's like Black Pirates Sales. of the Caribbean, but real. Huh. As much as I can say. Oh, and that's cool. Interesting. It starts out the first. I would say the first two seasons aren't that great, but then the last three are. I, I bailed on House of Cards after mm-hmm. I think the third season. I just yes, it just got it, on it just got the too... first two the three were really good and then it just kind of started going little. I don't know. I mean, it was a groundbreaking show and that it was the first major like Netflix prestige show. But it the just first season was so good. Yeah, but then it just mm. kind of I don't know. I feel like Veep was which came out or I think started around the same time, maybe a little bit after was like. That that was a stronger. much more of the moment show about politics, even though it was a completely different tone. Like it was a show that, you know, I think Veep is more accurate of a picture of what politics is like in the sense that you know everybody's really craven and selfish and immoral. Whereas House yeah. of Cards tells you that well, yeah. members of Congress are evil because they kill people, which isn't really like they don't really kill their political opponents. It's not really. There's corruption in Washington, and that's not the reason why there's corruption in Washington. And you know, even even yeah, they're, beyond they're even beyond the whole Kevin Spacey part of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the whole thing where I mean, this is like, I know female journalists who just go apeshit whenever there's any kind of plot about like uh, female journalists sleeping with sources, because yeah. most movies yeah. and TV shows that have female journalists that happens, and it's not something right. Women don't. Women in that profession do not like giving the impression that that's something that is uh, that they do. So, oh, you mean well, cause that another way they down. get their sources? Right, exactly. They, <laughs> they call people up just it's like all I've ever seen open. is you know, like that's what's fucked up is that's all that we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. that's, I thought that's how the 
You know, you're taught in journalism school. No. No? It's Tends to be frowned upon, yes. <laughs> Um, I this mean, otherwise, I think we have a pretty solid list right now. I'm just going to go ahead and say what I have okay. kind of written down. I want to give this down to 10. So, there's Breaking Bad, Twin Peaks, The Wire, The Sopranos, Sex and the City, Samurai Jack, Weeds, Justified, Lost, Game of Thrones, and Mad Men. That's good, yeah. I'm happy with that. So, oh, we just have to lose one. Line, but did you say Weeds? I did say Weeds. Just have to lose one, and I, oh, okay. I'm assuming it's going to be lost. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. So the final list oh, looks moved. like this. Breaking you almost Bad. made it lost. <laughs> Breaking Bad, Twin Peaks, The Wire, The Sopranos, Sex and the City, Samurai Jack, Weeds, Justified, Game of Thrones, and Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Works for me, yes. That's a solid list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not mad at that list. Not mad I at think, either. I think Samurai Jack is a wild card. I think people will look at it weird. <laughs> you just gotta watch it, man. Oh no, I know. I just didn't, I didn't watch the new season. Is the thing that's the only reason. The why new I'm season like, is so good, bro. Don't mind me. I gotta switch rooms. I gotta plug my computer. So, I mean, you just yeah, gotta that's watch what it. I heard is that it was amazing. And Absolutely, the art I, style, I the catch it. story, the off. Oh, yeah. Well, it's only like 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes each. You gotta see that last one. Mm-hmm. I wish Afro Samurai had more seasons. Yeah, was it one me. season? Was it one yeah. or two? I think it was one. I think it was one. If, I felt like two, but it was just one, I think. They were just like spread out. That Cowboy Bebop, one season. Um, But yeah, we so somehow... One seasoners. <laughs> yeah, somehow we yeah that, that, that's a possibility. Somehow we managed to come to a pretty consensus list of our top ten greatest shows. Series, well, not shows, greatest series, narrative-driven series ever made, especially after Game of Thrones just ended. Um, you guys heard us discuss the kind of debate. What do you guys think about the shows that made the list at the end? What do you think should have made the list? What do you think should have made the list? What were some of your favorite series ever made? Let us know in the comments wherever you know this goes up, wherever you watch us or listen to us. And, you know, let's have an ongoing little discussion about this. And I'll probably do a post next week of a official kind of list of what we just did here. But other than that, you know, that's what we wanted to cover in the podcast. So... Thank you guys for uh, listening and watching us. And uh, thank you, Stephen, for joining us as always. Thank you for having me. Definitely go onto the site and uh, check out some of his articles. They are phenomenal. Thank you. They always do really well. Um, Again, you'll just plug where people can find you. Uh, You can go to, uh, I'm on Twitter, Stephen Silver, S T E P H E N S I L V E R. Uh, You can see my movie reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I write for Splice Today, I write for Philly Voice, I write for various other places, so, uh, and then I have my own podcast called Film Scribes. Go, go check them out. Um, Darice, again, ongoing guest, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, topics, suggestions, or about this show, past show, or any future shows, you can let us know wherever, you know, this goes up, wherever you guys enjoy us. Or you can email us directly at podcast at livinglifefearless.co. If you like any of the gear, again, that we rock these videos like this shirt right here. 
or the shirt or hat that Darish is wearing. You can also head to the official site and grab some for yourself. We have a ton going out this summer, and we have a special going on 35% off the entire store all summer for our record 10 months in a row. But today's day, once again, was June 7, 2019, and this was our latest episode of the Fearless Show podcast. We'll be back shortly with more podcasts from the Music, music Files and the Fearless Show to come, so definitely check back soon. Thank you guys for joining us, and do what, Darius? Keep living life fearless, y'all. Appreciate yep. it. Peace. And thank you again, Steve. Right, thank you. <laughs>